Hey everybody, welcome to Regardless, You've Got This. I'm your host, Skylar Sorkin. Say hello to the syllabus for your 20-something soul. The syllabus you never received in college is finally making an appearance. This podcast will inspire you to create your very own 20-something syllabus, ultimately guiding you towards your sole purpose regardless of self-doubt and what others think. Alrighty, let's just get to work. So, coffee is very, very important to me. Um, I have to have a coffee or a matcha literally every single day. If I don't have coffee or matcha, I'm not a person and I'm pretty unapproachable. I'm not sure if anyone else is like that, but that is for sure a non-negotiable for me. Um, One of my absolute favorite, favorite coffee companies right now is Quokka Brew. They're awesome. It's actually the market's first fully caffeinated jitterless coffee. Um, So when drinking it after you're done, you know, taking a couple of sips, you don't feel anxious, you don't feel nervous, um, but you still feel energized and really ready to tackle on your day. Um, So what's cool about Quokka is that it offers really the same caffeine um, that's equivalent of about one and a half cups of coffee. Their oat milk is absolutely delicious. I am lactose intolerant, so I love that they have oat milks and they're all vegan. They do provide energy, but again, you're not the same jittery or anxiety that you typically get from drinking a normal cup of coffee or you know the midday crash that many people do experience from other caffeinated products. And is really able to do this by brewing in certain active ingredients found in green tea and matcha and kind of provide this, what their community describes as a feeling of calm and really just clean energy. My absolute favorite flavor by them has to be their vanilla ready-to-drink oat milk lattes. Um, their chocolate one is also amazing as well. And they use fair trade coffee beans sourced from South America. And for all of my health, gut, amazing nutritionists out there and people who are just really, you know, not wanting to have too much sugar, there's only five grams of sugar and only 60 calories per can. So I am providing my Regardless community with a discount code, which is REGARDLESS15 and is now live for 15% off everything site-wide at quokabrew.com. We are also doing a giveaway in which the winner will receive a free six-pack of Quokka, a Quokka shot glass, and a shirt. If you're interested in winning this giveaway, you must do the next three steps. So number one, you must follow Quokka Brew on Instagram at Quokka Brew. Number two, of course, follow at RegardlessThePod on Instagram. And number three please leave regardless a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. Um, And then I will let you guys know who wins. Hey, 20-somethings, and welcome back to another Regardless, You've Got This episode, the syllabus for your 20-something soul. I am so excited to talk about today's episode. This conversation and topic is something that I've really been wanting to address for a while now, and I've been kind of just waiting for that ideal superhuman to share their journey in relation to the subject. So with no further ado, let's talk about drinking. Let's talk about being hungover, the Sunday scaries, and how prominent really all of these activities are, especially in our 20s. You know, alcohol grabbing drinks is pretty much incorporated into every social outing, get together, lunch, dinner, networking, 
at really every aspect. It's like, how can I stay away from it? And so alcohol does hold really a huge presence in our everyday lives and conversations, especially as 20 something year olds. And there's really nothing wrong with like having one glass of wine or two at dinner, but let's be real here. The norm in our twenties, isn't really having just one glass of wine. It's typically hard alcohol shots, one too many beers, you know, the drill. So, you know, when alcohol does kind of take over, we wake up the next day feeling 10 steps behind stressed, anxious, depressed. Um, you know, we just take 20 million steps back. Um, we're not seeing as much progress and basically it's the worst feeling ever. Um, so alcohol can truly derail our relationships, our progress, our well-being, and truly living our life to its fullest potential. And I feel like a lot of people in their twenties perhaps rely on alcohol on this way to really cope with their feelings that they're not ready to really look at and sit with. So, you know, it's a substance that really can cure us and cure people in the moment, but in long-term, it actually does the opposite and it's a depressant. So it actually makes us more depressed. Um, so with that being said, how can we start to incorporate more clean living into our lives, not be so dependent on alcohol to have a good time? And how can we feel a little bit more confident about going out and perhaps just taking it down a notch and like baby steps and knowing, you know, when to stop drinking and to know that the next morning you're going to wake up feeling freaking amazing and you're going to have the best day ever. So a lot of my friends as well, you know, are pursuing sobriety and clean living and it's hard because I see other 20 somethings not really understanding. So there's other, there's also this other aspect of how can we really support our friends who are, you know, maybe need to discover sobriety for their future selves. And where do we begin with this? So with all that being said, I would absolutely love, love, love to welcome each and every one of you to George Humans, who is the co-founder and chief revenue officer at HIO, which is a stress-relieving social tonic crafted with natural aptogens, nootropics. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did I just say that right? Uh, yeah, no, I know it's a mouthful. So we got organic adaptogens, natural nootropics, <laughs> and some functional botanicals uh, in each one of our uh, social tonics. I love it. So it's like a better than alcohol alternative, which is pretty insane. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah. And even myself, like I love Hyo. I feel like it's a pretty like healthy option to be grabbing out of the fridge at like 5 p.m. if you're wanting just to feel relaxed and an amazing side effect. And then the next day waking up and feeling amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. So like our whole thing with Hyo was trying to make it a little bit easier for people to drink a little bit less. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of our whole thing. We're, we're definitely not trying to yuck anybody's yum. Uh, we know that alcohol is like pretty ubiquitous and, and it's a big part of society, but we think that there's probably, uh, it's probably an appropriate time to give a little bit of a shift to be a bit more balanced to where, if you want to feel social, if you want to feel stress-free, you shouldn't need to feel like you need to have a cocktail or, mm. or a glass of wine or whatever. Um, and that's, that's kind of the space that we're trying to occupy uh, with HIO. And, you know, it's also something that, you know, I, I've been living, uh, living myself, you know, it was, it was, a, it was an issue that I wanted to address and, um, and then we kind of created a company out of it. So. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. And I remember at South by Southwest, we both spoke at the wellness house um, and your little speech or talk was more about how 
you know, where non-alcoholic CPG brands are making an impact. And I loved what you said about really creating a really awesome menu for people who are sober and don't want to just feel, you know, boring, holding a club soda, drinking with their friends. And they have these fancy, you know, cocktails. So that was really cool that you're kind of providing sober living and clean living with just more funk and vibes. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're trying to drink less, like whatever that means to you, whether that's like night or like, you're not drinking anymore ever. Um, you know, what we found was you're met with a punishment Mm -hmm. for that decision by the options that feel like lesser than options. So you're like a boring soda water or like, you know, mocktails, like they have the word mock in it. Like, yeah, that's a bummer. (laughs) Um, and, and like, you know, you also have this societal pressure, right? Like you look at the friends around the table and their drooping faces when you say like, yeah, I'm not drinking tonight. It's like you, you like offended them. Um, and, and we just thought like, all right, that's kind of backwards because if you're trying to drink a little bit less, that's probably representative of you trying to be a better version of yourself, trying to be healthier, trying to take care of you, trying to, um, you know, maybe, maybe you got a big day or you got some productive stuff that you want to get done whatever the myriad of good reasons to not drink, it's still kind of being met with a punishment. And we think that's totally yeah. bad. Um, so that's part of why we wanted to create HIO to be kind of a similar like stress relieving drink that people are usually looking for from like uh, a cocktail or, or a glass of wine, but instead coming from like healthy functional ingredients that don't lend themselves to abuse. Right. Mm. Um, you know, I come from a family with pretty bad alcohol issues. Um, I don't know if, you know, I don't know if I would consider myself an alcoholic, but I definitely, I can without a doubt say that I'm better without it. Mm. Uh, now having not drank for the last year and a half or so. Um, so, you know, I think that what we're trying to do and what's really cool that's happening right now is, you know, we're on the back half of a pandemic when there wasn't a lot of things to do. A lot of people turned to alcohol as like a way to cure Bjorn. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, and now I think a lot of people saw the ramifications of that and now are more interested in exploring or re-examining their relationship with this substance that has been so status quo in our society for a long time. Mm. And we're trying to kind of answer that call and showcase to people, like whether that's through or my brand or, or just me. Like mm-hmm. I am trying to encourage people to re-examine that and to kind of demystify the, the fear around like, oh my gosh, what is going sober mean? It's like, why don't you try just drinking a little bit less and see how you feel? It's not as scary and it's not yeah. as big as you think. And I think it's becoming more and more socially acceptable, um, both from like a cultural perspective and like, I don't know, the options that are out there are becoming a lot more fun and absolutely. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, there's so many great options now. I mean, there's like Ken euphorics and Gia and all of these awesome drinks that perhaps can give you some sort of an effect, but it's, it's not horrible for you and it's not alcohol and it's not poison. So yeah. I'm, I think what you're doing with Hio is absolutely incredible. And you really found this niche and are just attacking it in the most beautiful, loving and supportive way and just providing education and support. And even if it's not 
cutting off like cold Turkey, but like maybe not having like that last shot or that last glass, you know, of wine or spicy Marg and instead grabbing a high and the next day being like, thank God I had that last high you know, it's like, that can be the baby step. So it's awesome. And, you know, George, I think your story in general, um, and personally, besides from Hio, which of course, you know, was inspired by creating the product, but I kind of want to hear what it was like for you in your twenties and what your journey looked like of, you know, being a part of the drinking scene, um, and then going from being involved in the drinking scene to then deciding to choose sobriety, which I think is really awesome. I think especially a lot of 20 somethings, like it can be scary to think, oh my God, totally cutting off like cold Turkey, but it doesn't have to be that way. But I would also love to hear your specific story. So with that being said, just to kind of start us off, I would love to play a little fill in the blank. Um, and I'm going to ask you the same question at the end of the episode, but it will be interesting to see what you have to say now before getting into it. So All right. regardless, let's do, let's do it. So regardless of blank, I'm blank. And this could be just really about your, you know, your sobriety journey and maybe where you were for where you were before that. And then to now. Regardless of blank, I'm blank. Is that what? what yeah, it's correct. Okay. Um, I guess I'll say like, regardless of my past consumption, I'm happier and healthier. Mm, I love that. Does that work? Of course. (laughs) It's your story. I love it. Um, well now I want to find out why. Are you ready? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Talk to me. Where did this all start? Um, yeah. So I like to describe myself, um, in somewhat of a self-deprecating way that like I'm a reformed frat boy. Uh, okay. so I, uh, I grew up and alcohol was a very big part of my life for a long time. Right. Okay. Um, I think from like the time that I was probably like 16, um, to about a year and a half ago, I, you know, a lot of just my socializing who I was revolved around that. Um, mm. you know, I don't know if I deserve this moniker, but of like life of the party, I certainly drank as if I was life of the party, um, whether I actually was or whether I believed it. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of my social life revolved around it. I went to college um, where drinking culture was pretty prevalent at, at um, USC. And then I just, you know, moved to the West side of LA and kept drinking. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think, for me, I was always like a pretty healthy person that just would like get after it kind of on the weekends. And um, I think as I got older, um, I saw more and more like the negative effects Mm. that consumption was having on me, whether that was, um, you know, momentum, even like in, in my career and in my job, like I would, I'd feel so productive during the week. And then Friday would come around, Saturday would come around, I'd just yeah. beat my body up with alcohol. Yeah. And then Sunday I would be in like a you know pit of <laughs> of self-destruction, self-loathing, and just like feeling terrible. And that would kind of last into Monday and Tuesday. Like totally. I I think it's just like my Irish guilt um just coming in and being like, dude, I can't believe you drank that much again. And somehow that's seeping in and being like, you don't deserve to be happy. 
and you don't deserve to have your dreams fulfilled and you don't deserve to be successful or whatever that is, whether I liked it or not, it was starting to seep in from like a subconscious perspective. Mm. And that momentum, you know, it's tough. It's like, you're trying to move forward and then, then you're taking two steps back every weekend. Right. Um, but even as I was seeing that, even as I was seeing like maybe some of my consumption, like affecting my job and affecting some of my relationships and affecting, mm-hmm. um, you know, my, my mental and physical health. Um, it wasn't really until uh, a close family, fam- uh, family member of mine, I uh, was hospitalized with an alcohol related issue. And it was that moment kind of saw like a little bit of the, like, oh, that's where I'm headed kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a moment of like, I want to do this out of solidarity, I decided to cut back my drinking in a pretty big yeah. way. And when I did that, I think that I started, I didn't, I didn't for me, and I think everyone's journey is going to be different here. So, you know, absolutely that's a, a moniker there or like a disclaimer. Um, for me, I didn't say that I was never going to drink again. I just said like, all right, I'm not going to drink for a while and okay. I'm gonna stick with this. And I think when you, when, when I started doing that, it started off challenging, but I think when you make the more difficult decision that you know is good for you, mm-hmm. the more times that you can set yourself up for that, whether that's like getting up and working out or eating something healthier or like being really patient in a conversation that would usually be like, I'd be blowing a gasket. Yeah. When you do that and do the more difficult thing that you know in your head is the right thing, you start feeling like you deserve happiness a little mm-hmm. bit more. You deserve to be like fulfilled or you deserve some like level of appreciation or self-love even, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I started just feeling that. Uh, and that momentum started feeling really good. Not having that period of, of the week where I just beat the shit out of myself. <laughs> Um, was, was a really positive thing. Now the journey wasn't like easy. I would say no. like it was really difficult and frustrating and kind of a bummer sometimes when, you know, like I said earlier, you, you'd say, Hey man, I'm not drinking tonight. And yeah. the other person across the table from you would be like, Oh, well, you just ruined my evening. So um, it's so weird how that happens because it has nothing to do with like the other person. I think it's this like social, it's like a cultural thing, but it also makes someone else feel uncomfortable because they know that you're not like, you're fully present. Like, I don't, what do you think it is? It's so odd. Like so when you actually a, get down to it. Well, I think it's like, okay, maybe this is unfair, but like, you know, when you're sitting at a table and you look around and you go like, should we get fries? And you kind of feel like, <laughs> Ooh, should we? And, and then like, everyone's like, yeah. And everyone feels okay with it and they're good with it. And like, look, I'm not knocking fries. I love eating fries. Love like, fries. Yeah. It's yeah, all good. Um, but you feel a little bit guilty. And when you get to do something that you feel a little bit guilty um, with other people, there's that communal aspect. Right? Totally. And, and that's something that we're all used to. We're used to that experience of like, you know, a little bit early on Friday and you're like, let's grab that first drink. And there's like an excitement around that. Um, so making that change, uh, I think is, is going to be difficult unless you fill it with something better. I don't think you can make a societal change. I don't think you can make a big life change that you're like, if you take something out, you have to fill it. 
Absolutely. You're not going to stick with that change unless the thing that you fill it with is better. So for me, when I cut out alcohol, I was like, all right, what are the things that really fill my cup? And sometimes it was like, I don't know, this sucks. And you had to deal with that feeling. But if you stick with it, you kind of start saying like, all right, I, I really, I don't feel as though the alcohol is the thing that I was missing. It's actually just like, it was the conversations. Mm -hmm. I can still go out and have the same dinner parties with the same people. I just don't drink. And like, that's actually the thing that I was excited about. Or like, you know, I'd go to concerts and I was like, oh, like it wasn't that I like that I enjoyed getting fucked up at a concert. I like going to concerts and I Mm -hmm. love dancing and I love the music. And he started seeing that like, maybe it isn't so much the alcohol that you're enjoying. It is the friends or it is the 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 activity or like you, you say, oh no, I actually really love the feeling of not waking up hungover and going out for a surf the next morning and feeling amazing. And that's worth it. And and you start feeling like, okay, I'm going to, yeah, I'm cutting out alcohol and yeah, that's probably a little bit difficult, but the things that I'm moving in and the things that I'm making space for in my life are like way worth it. Um, and I think that's ultimately like what I think made me stick with it, mm. I guess, um, would, would be, uh, the, the why I, I'm still rocking with it. Um, so I think that people get scared that you have the moniker of sober or like I'm cutting something out. But if you think of it as like, no, I'm making space for something better. I'm making space for a better version of me. Like, mm. then you can get a little bit more excited about it. And you don't feel like it's as much of a punishment, but it's more of like, I don't know, even a reward. Yeah. I just loved how you flipped the narrative and the story and you are making space for so much more presence and truly living to like your fullest potential and not hiding behind some substance and waking up the next day and feeling so shitty. Like I literally remember like one time I was so hungover and my girlfriend and I were in downtown LA for some reason. I don't know why, but we were just sitting in my car, like sobbing, like, <laughs> like just really <laughs> so depressed. Girl, for, like, no I've been there. like I get yeah. it. I get it. Like, and I promise like hangovers just keep getting worse. Like I think I'm a couple years older than you. And like, yeah, the, the hangovers became like profound. You know, it wasn't just like, oh, I feel terrible. Like I'll get myself a blue Gatorade and a Sprite and I'll feel fine. Like, you know, in college, you just bounce back and you're like, okay, whatever. But I don't know. I just, so I just turned 30 and. Oh my gosh. Congrats. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Um, I did it. Uh, But, you know, I, um, I think it's like the hangovers would get so bad. It was like, I can't do anything. I feel like shit. I don't deserve to feel good. And like, it would just be, I think I'm also like a relatively stressed out individual yeah. just in general. Like I have a, a higher propensity for anxiety and mm-hmm. uh, maybe like a little sprinkling of depression in there. And it was just like, okay, th- these hangovers are not doing me any good. It doesn't no. matter how healthy I am during the week. Like these hangovers are derailing me in such a profound way that it just would keep that, I don't know, it would keep that anxiety higher. And 
it just would frustrate me so much. Yeah. And it like stays with you. Like for me, at least like my hangovers will last a couple of days and it takes a, yeah, it takes some time for your body to like snap out of it and feel back into that groove and just flow of life where you're feeling like that momentum. And I have a couple of like guy friends actually, and they've cut down more on the drinking and they've just said like, the amount of opportunities that have opened up to them in their careers and even in their love life has been crazy. And it's been ever since they've cut down. And I think it's because they're being more present and even like to the universe and just allowing opportunities and being present and open to receiving is pretty big. Well, as you're thinking about it, it's like, like you, someone listening right now, like might be saying, what if I cut out alcohol? Like, what if my friends don't like me anymore? Or what if like, that's awkward? Or what if I don't get to do, what if I'm not fun anymore? Like, okay, there's those questions that maybe might have some validity. Personally, I don't think so. But um, on the other side, it's like, okay, well, what if I gave myself the opportunity to have full positive forward momentum? Mm. What if I prioritize my health and my happiness? Like, what if I didn't have a hangover that lasted three days? Like, what would that mean in my career? What would that mean in my, like, mental, just the, the mental den that I, that I find myself in? Like, there's, there's a lot of other questions that I think you can look at. And maybe it's because alcohol is so ingrained in our, as, like, a default in our society that you usually go towards, like, why it'll be more difficult. But... I think more and more people are starting to realize like Mm -hmm. I get to have all the same normal stuff that I was enjoying, like whether it's being social or going out or going on dates or like having, having fun with friends, like you can still do all of that. And you just don't have to have the same cost of your next morning or frankly, the calories or Mm -hmm. feeling like shit or whatever. Um, So I encourage people to like, at least check it out and see if you make a little bit of space taking alcohol out, like what good stuff could you fill it with? Yeah. I love that. And I think a great question, what I want to get back to is what you said about, oh my gosh, what if I start drink, if I stop drinking and my friends don't like me anymore or what else is there to do? Or what am I not going to go out and be social with friends? What type of like insight would you give to these sort of people? Or even, you know, if you're deciding to cut out alcohol, um, maybe you have an issue with it and you're aware of it. How do you think these people can respond to their friends when they're being questioned and it may be awkward or uncomfortable? All right. Well, first thing, if, if a friend doesn't like you because you're not drinking, they probably yeah. are not great of a friend. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, uh, one, there's that Two, um, like, I think what I typically was saying, what I would say is like, yo, I'm trying to drink less for a little bit. Like, I hope it's cool with you. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, Hey, I'm trying, like, I'm trying to take care of myself a little bit. Like, hope you can support me in this. Um, if you really don't like, if you want to have a good excuse, which mm-hmm. we generally shouldn't need to have an excuse to prioritize our health and our happiness, Absolutely. but um, like, set an intention, set an intention for like, I'm not going to drink because of this. 
Maybe it's because you are, you're trying to have the most productive month of your life in your career. Like you're trying to do that. And Hey, I'm not drinking this month because I'm trying to crush it at work. Mm-hmm. If people can't get with that, then, you know, they're not worth their salt or like, Hey, I'm trying to, I'm trying to run a marathon or I'm like, I'm trying to see how happy I can be. Like, I'm trying to have the best month of my life. Like that's sick. Like seriously, like say those kind of things where it's like, no, I'm, I'm trying to have the best month of my life. That doesn't involve a hangover. So I can't drink, can't do it. Um, like, I think it's ridiculous and crazy that you have to have a, like you might have to have an excuse, but coming up with those kind of things, um, you know, might help like soften the blow to other yeah. people that like aren't thinking about it the same way that you are or that are still just wanting to, you know, continue to drink. Yeah. And I think it, it can be uncomfortable. And I think it's okay to be nervous about having those conversations because again, especially being in our twenties and early thirties, it's, it's a part of like everything we're really doing. And so I think for people who feel a little bit less confident about their journey entering sobriety and like are nervous, the last thing you want to do is like, have to explain it to your friends and be concerned about what they're thinking, even though you shouldn't, because in the end, it has everything to do with you and nothing to do with them. And friends should always be supportive. Um, of Absolutely. You. Yeah. And, I mean, you can also just say like, oh my gosh. So like, I kind of stopped drinking and I feel amazing. Like I've been feeling so good and I kind of want to just stick with it. So I hope that's cool. Like it, <laughs> if that, that's enough. And honestly, it ends up being like kind of a fun topic of conversation. Yeah. Like it's kind of, it's usually a relatively fun thing. Um, at least for me, I've found that People usually are like, oh my gosh, I've been actually wanting to drink a little bit less. And maybe, maybe it's an invitation for them. And they've been wanting to, mm-hmm. but they've been holding up because they're concerned about how people would respond. You know? So yeah. I think if we all like <laughs> kind of went for it and, and made it feel a little bit more comfortable, probably I think a lot of people would would try to drink a little bit less. I think so too. And I think especially like, I know you said like alcoholism, unfortunately runs in your family and same here. My dad's been sober for like 15 years. So I've been really used to growing up in like that environment where it's totally normal to me, but I could see it being kind of like, Whoa, like what's wrong with you? If someone doesn't come from that environment. But I think if we're able to just spread education and knowledge and like be a fun thing. It's a cool thing. And that's what I love what you're doing with Hio is like, you're making it a vibe and you're making it fun and you're making it inclusive and really building that community, which is so awesome because I do have a lot of friends who are, um, you know, trying clean living. And I have a friend who's been sober for like over eight months, which is awesome. And I'm so proud of her. Shout out to Lizzie Saunders. Um, well, Lizzie. She's, awesome. <laughs> she's awesome, but I do like, see, you know, me stepping into their shoes, I feel like it can be really lonely. And, you know, maybe they feel like a lone wolf because they don't feel comfortable going out all the time or just feel like they're kind of on this path alone. So what kind of feedback or insight or advice would you give to these types of people? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that was probably, probably the hardest thing of it, right. Where I cut it out, um, the feeling of other, you know, where you, you still hang out with the same people, but you're not drinking or, you know, even the moment of like the cheersing and you're like, yeah, no, I, yeah. Got, water. <laughs> I got a water in my hand. Um, that can feel a little bit uncomfortable because you think 
that like the commonality of the drinking is, is what's connecting you together. Mm. And it's not ultimately like you're, you're with people. The, the act of drinking is such a small component of it. The conversation and the connection and those kind of things are really what, what I think is, is what most of the time when we go into those social scenarios, that's what we're looking for. It's like, if you're looking for, the feeling of inebriation to escape from something stress or, or whatever, like, yeah, you know, I think that that's, that's something that's entirely different. And I can talk about that and how I think I probably had a little bit of that, but I think most of the time people are just trying to drink to like connect with people. And you don't, I don't think you need that as much as we believe we do. Um, but I also don't, you know, I don't want to paint this overly rosy picture that it wasn't challenging to get through that thought process in my head. I just think that you end up continuing to go through it and you realize that it actually does. It doesn't deserve to hold any weight because it isn't actually true. Um, So, you know, is there like, is there the lack of commonality where you're not getting fucked up with someone? Yeah. You're not getting fucked up with someone. That's definitely yeah. true. <laughs> like that's, that's true. Yeah. But, um, but like in most scenarios where you're hanging out with people and drinking or dancing or whatever, like that, that isn't drinking, drinking isn't a, the prerequisite to enjoying one another's company. No, thank you. So, that was, that was really cool. Um, and from your experience, what do you think the most challenging part about, you know, not drinking? Maybe it was in the beginning stages. What was that like for you? Okay. So this will be going back to like the drinking to kind of avoid something. Yeah. Um, so when you are not drinking or using any other substances, um, you don't get an, you don't get like an eject button. You don't get an mm-hmm. exit, like whatever you're dealing with, whether you are unhappy with yourself about something or another, you kind of have to deal with it. Now that can be scary to some people or that can be like the biggest and the greatest gift that I think sobriety probably gave me, which was, okay, dude, it's you and me looking at at yourself in the mirror. (laughs) Like if you're unhappy, there's nowhere to go other than we have to deal with this. So like, I don't get to turn off the brain on Friday and just like go into that. And like, I have to address this because I don't like, there's nowhere else to go. Um, so I think that was probably the scariest or hardest thing for me was the, um, the understanding and the recognition of these were the things that I wasn't happy with mm-hmm. about myself. And these are the things that I needed to address to be fulfilled. Yeah. Now that process I think can be difficult. Um, but I think it's like the most necessary or like one of the most, um, I don't know, like praiseworthy endeavors that you can go on of trying to go towards the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's something that you and everyone in your sphere of influence benefits from. Like everyone who you come into contact with gets to enjoy that, that hard work that you might be going through. Um, so I, I think that uh, wrestling the demons kind of yeah. thing, probably the hardest, yeah. but it was also the biggest gift. 
yeah, like you have to sit in the suck and face, face your demons, but that's really the only way we're actually going to live to our fullest potential and be so successful. And I feel like that's the next level up is when you're able to freaking like work on yourself and it's called self-work for a reason. Like it's hard and it's scary and it hurts and it's painful, but like, look where you are now, like reflecting on your journey. Like George, do you think you would have seen this success if you still, you know, were drinking? I, I mean, no, no chance, right? Like I had the best year of my life for sure that there's no chance that it wasn't in direct connection with that because I think one, like, yeah, not drinking, like can help you be more productive. It can make you feel a little bit better on, on Sundays and Mondays and Tuesdays. Yeah. Um, but like the other things that come from it, where it's like a greater level of self-worth or appreciation of yourself or like feeling and feeling like you deserve to be happy or you deserve to be successful. Um, those were things that I didn't expect to come and they popped in because of it. Right. So cool. Um, and I think ultimately like, maybe this isn't true for everyone. I, I think it's certainly true for the two people uh, talking right now. The, we have like high aspirations, right? You have, everyone has dreams and everyone mm-hmm. has an understanding whether they know it kind of internally or subconsciously or whether they like belt it out that there is an ideal version of yourself. And the greater the disparity between like where you're at and where you know you could be, like the more kind of uncomfortable you're going to feel. And it's not, to me, it's not about becoming that best version, but it's definitely working to try to get there. Mm -hmm. And if you can, if you know, at the end of the day, when you look at yourself, like, I know that I'm trying my best to do that. The level of fulfillment and the level of good things that come from that feeling is, is boundless to me. And I think that's one of the coolest things that kind of came from cutting out drinking. Amen. Oh my goodness. I cannot wait to get a clip of this and put this out there on TikTok because that was amazing. I guess to people who are curious and trying out sobriety or just cutting back, like what would you say from being sober and pursuing clean living? What would you say are the most amazing takeaways or realizations that you've had? If you could just share like maybe five. Okay. Five of them. All right, let's do it. Um, first and foremost, the positive momentum you, there's just like no steps back. So you're just like, I think if you can stick with it, the things that you will, the the good things that will come in your life, it just starts to like roll downhill and it's awesome. Um, I think the second is if you deal with any anxiety or depression, like I did, I'm not going to say that it just like goes away because it ultimately the space of being sober causes you to work on it. And it felt like I, you know, before I was like fighting one hand behind my back and this was like, all right, let's do the work and let's get through this. And like, I'm happy to say that I've never been happier or, or healthier because of it. Um, three, I think that the relationships that you have, uh, in your life become that much more valuable to you. Um, you can feel a lot more present and a lot, you feel them, um, one, you get a visibility into which ones matter a lot to you. Cool. And then two, you recognize how positive those impact you. 
Um, so I think that's definitely a cool thing. Um, for uh, what else? It can just be three. There's, no, there's so <laughs> many. I mean, there's so many things. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Um, four. I think you um, you can be really proud of yourself, and I think you'll have like a ultimately a uh, a more friendly. Uh, dialogue, internal dialogue. Um, at least that was for me. Um, and then five, who knows, it might go way better than you think. Um, who knows, right? Like there's the possibility that it could go way better than you could have even imagined. So, um, it doesn't need to be a big, scary thing. It doesn't need to be a huge commitment. It doesn't need to be you changing your identity, um, it could also just be you drinking a little bit less, uh, you try to be a better version of yourself. Um, and that's cool to me. So snap, 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 snap. Love it. Oh my gosh. Okay. George. Well, I would love to welcome you to the final section of today's episode, which is syllabus steps. And this is really a time for us to just recap what we've learned from your journey and how we can actually integrate that insight into our personal lives. So do you have any like podcasts, books, resources, tools that have really supported you in pursuing sobriety and clean living, even if it doesn't mean quitting like complete cold Turkey, but how can we 20 something start to feel more confident about cutting out binge drinking, limiting our drinks, and perhaps thinking more about pursuing clean living and a sober lifestyle in order to live to our fullest potential? And how can yeah. we support our sober friends while doing so? Cool. Well, so I'm so bad at this answer because I literally <laughs> just like one day I was like, screw this. And I didn't like, I didn't read anything. I didn't like yeah. AA. I didn't like jump into Tempest or like, there's a bunch of, of resources online. Like Tempest is a great community. Okay. Obviously alcohol is, Alcoholics Anonymous is great, but like for me, it was just like, I'm trying to drink a little bit less. What that meant was just being very aware of how I was feeling going through that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that if you can uh, kind of t- continually take inventory of your life, of like what things are feeling better, what things are challenging um, as you go through it, that'll be really helpful. Okay. Um, having like setting an intention around it, um, that'll be great. I. Uh, there's a book that I still haven't read, but I've heard many great things. There's something about like quitting like a woman. Um, yeah. So good. Okay. So like, I still haven't read it, but, but I've heard amazing things. And a lot of my friends who have um, come back or cut it out, have said wonderful things there. Um, and I think that ultimately, um, you know, you do, you do need a good like support system around you. Uh, of people that are going to say like, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with you doing this. And they're not going to make you feel shitty, make you feel worse. Like it's hard enough. If you can get some people that are on board with you, um, that's going to, that's going to do wonders. Um, or you know what, reach out to me. I'll yeah. uh, hear you on from the sidelines. Honestly. Uh, I, I really do mean that. <laughs> George, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. Um, I'll for sure, um, include your, like Instagram, LinkedIn, um, onto the show notes for anyone who's wanting an awesome number one fan. So final question for you, and this may have changed over our conversation and really, you know, kind of reflecting on what we talked about today, but one last time. So fill in the blank, regardless of I am 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if, I don't know. I don't even remember my first answer. Yeah. Fully. Which is probably um, good. I think regardless of the prevalence of alcohol in our society, I'm still social, stress-free and happier than I've ever been. Oh, dude, that was it. I loved that. Okay. Title of this episode. We already got it. George, (laughs) thank you so much for just being so vulnerable and talking about the uncomfortable. You were awesome. And this was, has probably been like one of my favorite episodes. Oh my God. <laughs> um, like, well, it's definitely seriously. been my favorite episode. Uh, so, uh, Scott, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, and thank you for giving kind of a platform to have these types of conversations. Yeah. I hope that this was moderately, um, helpful or inspiring or entertaining or, or something. Uh, so really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, this Absolutely. Was- and this was awesome that we did it on a Friday. I feel like it's, it's great, just like inspiration and a great way for me to start my weekend feeling strong yes, yes. <laughs> and I'm excited to share it. It's going to be really, really awesome to see the feedback. And also, you know, I would love to share Hio with my followers, um, any, you know, information or, really anything. Let's do it. But I, I love what you're doing and I love you. And this was great. Skylar, thank you so much. Of course. Um, really appreciate this. This was a lot yeah. of fun. Thank you so much. We'll obviously be in contact and um, perhaps we can all like grab a high soon. So yes, please. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I love all right, George, you're the best. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening to Regardless. I hope you've learned something from this month's soul conversation and will apply it to your very own syllabus. Join me next month for a new guest, a new tool, and a new perspective. If you found value in this podcast, please empower your tribe by sharing, leaving a comment, review, and or subscribe. Catch new episodes on the second and fourth week of every month on all major audio podcast platforms. For more information about my life and updates about the podcast, head to my Instagram at Skylar Sorkin and at RegardlessThePod. Thank you for tuning into Regardless. Thank you for being vulnerable and talking about the uncomfortable. Now go kick some ass.